Good morning. This is Long Island Morning Edition on 88.3 WLIW-FM, heard in Western Suffolk on 96.9 FM. I'm Michael Mackey. The LIPA Board of Trustees voted yesterday to approve the utility's 2024 budget, which includes an average monthly bill hike of almost $20, an 11.6% increase for customers next year. Mark Harrington reports on Newsday.com that the Long Island Power Authority's 2024 operating budget of $4.19 billion includes a $32 million increase for new initiatives, including heightened cybersecurity, a $27 million inflation increase, $14 million in higher retirement benefits, $13 million more for wages, and $7.7 million more for debt service. Typical customers' bills in 2024 will be $186.71 a month, a jump of $19.43 from the average $167.28 bill in 2023. Most of the increase is tied to higher anticipated costs for power and fuel in 2024 and the loss of certain cost offsets in 2023 that won't be around to moderate bills this year. A new offshore wind farm to feed the South Fork will add $1.35 to average monthly bills. The delivery portion of bills remains under the 2.5% threshold that would otherwise have triggered a full rate review by the New York State Department of Public Service. A full DPS review of LIPA of its rates has not taken place since 2015. Some state lawmakers had argued for nearly two decades that selling horses for meat is a cruel practice and a threat to human health. Now the practice is a crime. Michael Gormley reports on Newsday.com that selling pet, show, racing, and wild horses for meat and the warehousing and transporting of the animals under often cruel conditions is a misdemeanor, carrying fines of 1000 to $5,000 under the measure passed by the New York State Legislature this year. The measure, which will be effective in early 2024, was signed into law yesterday by Governor Kathy Hochul. Companion bills also signed into law extend the protections to mules and donkeys and prohibit the sale of injured or disabled horses, which are often sold for meat. Having worked for 19 years on this legislation, to become law today is a great day for New York State and for the horses who deserve better than the fate so many have fast in the past, said Assemblywoman Deborah Glick, a Democrat from Manhattan who sponsored the bill. Legislators said opposition to the measures had included arguments that horse owners had a right to sell their horses just like livestock. The spring school could soon offer free breakfast and lunch to students. And although this comes as part of a U.S. Department of Agriculture adjustment made thanks to an infusion of $134.6 million in the 2024 New York State budget, it's been years in the making for spring school administrators who have been pushing for parents to fill out free and reduced lunch forms to see if students would qualify. Desiree Keegan reports on 27East.com that through combined Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, SNAP, and Medicaid usage, 51% of the spring school district population is eligible for free and reduced lunch. The threshold to qualify for what is now known as the Community Eligibility Provision has been lowered from 40 to 25% this year. 
New York Governor Kathy Hochul has signed a bill to create a Southhold Pilot Deer Management Program. The bill enables a pilot program allowing the DEC and the Town of Southhold to allow certified nuisance wildlife specialists to engage in culling of deer in certain areas within Southhold Town, where the town has found they have, quote, become a nuisance, destructive to public or private property, or a threat to public health or welfare. Beth Young in East End Beacon reports that the certified wildlife specialist would be an employee or contractor for the federal or state government responsible for wildlife management and acting pursuant to a deer management plan, who has been certified to have attained a minimal level of marksmanship, liability insurance, and adheres to reporting requirements. An earlier version of the bill that didn't leave committee in 2022 included a much broader expansion of hunting, established incentives for hunters, extending the January firearm hunting season, allowed the use of crossbows in Southhold, eliminated acreage minimums for hunting, regulating the harvesting of bucks, and allowed the supervised hunting by 12- and 13-year-olds. The bill signed by the governor last week is much narrower in scope and requires the cull permit applications to include the time frame during which the permit must be used, a site-specific deer management plan, and a geographic description of the area, as well as a written contract with Southhold Town. This year's bill also requires the DEC to prepare a report on the effectiveness of the program. The program would begin on January 1st. A Medford, Long Island mother admitted in court yesterday she smothered her twin two-year-old girls in June 2019 before driving their bodies to a Suffolk County park in Montauk, where she was met by police who had frantically searched for her, hoping to prevent the tragedy. Tania Campbell, 29, pleaded guilty to two counts of first-degree murder before State Supreme Court Justice Richard Ambro in Riverhead in exchange for a minimum sentence of 20 years to life. Grandpa Pan reports on Newsday.com that Campbell, who had been charged with two counts each of first- and second-degree murder, appeared in court shackled and wearing a spit mask under court order. When asked by Assistant District Attorney Frank Schroeder if she smothered her two children, she responded with one word, yes. Campbell was found with the deceased toddlers on June 27, 2019, at the entrance to Third House Nature Center in Montauk. The discovery ended a desperate 90-minute search, which involved multiple police agencies, and ultimately she was found and arrested by East Hampton Town Police. As part of its ongoing effort to improve water quality, and in particular, the health of Lake Agawam, Southampton Village installed a new bioswale at the corner of Windmill Lane and Nugent Street last Thursday. Kaylin Riley reports on 27East.com that a bioswale is essentially a garden filled with native plants and grasses that have deep root systems that allow them to effectively absorb stormwater, combat erosion, and filter out pollutants. Now that it's installed, the new bioswale will need roughly three years to grow and become fully established, according to Southampton Village Deputy Mayor Gina Aresta, who said that temporary fencing around the bioswale is there to protect the newly installed plants from being plucked out by deer as they take time to root. The town of East Hampton is expected next spring to begin a project seeking to build community consensus in Montauk 
around the best way to protect the hamlet from coastal vulnerability and support a resilient year-round community with the help of a new $600,000 grant from New York State. Beth Young in East End Beacon reports that East Hampton Town has in the past outlined major plans for strategic retreat from the oceanfront in downtown Montauk in its 2018 Montauk Hamlet study and in the town's Coastal Assessment Resiliency Plan, known as CARP, adopted in 2022. The proposals include a transfer of development rights program allowing oceanfront hotel owners to relocate landward, enabling the current hotel sites to serve as a natural barrier from storms, rising seas, and coastal erosion. The Coastal Assessment Resiliency Plan also recommends raising homes in areas of severe coastal flooding, elevating roads, building a levee between Fort Pond and Fort Pond Bay, and changing the zoning setbacks from the water-on-waterfront properties. The permanent submergence of low-lying areas could lead East Hampton to physically transform into a series of islands as soon as 50 years from now, according to the CARP plan. The grant was issued by the New York State Regional Economic Development Councils as part of its support for local waterfront revitalization programs through the New York Department of State. The town says it's planning to foster public discussions in partnership with the Montauk Chamber of Commerce, the Nature Conservancy, and a steering committee of locals. This has been Long Island Local News on Long Island's only NPR station, WLIW-FM. I'm Michael Mackey.